Welcome back, everybody, to the Lakers Silver Screen and Roll Podcast. This is Talk O Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla. I'm Alex Rickland. The Lakers have won five in a row. The Lakers have the best record in the NBA. Alex, what's going on, man? This is, what, three, four weeks in a row that we get to react immediately to a Lakers game, and we're I think three for three for four. I think besides opening night, they've won every Tuesday. What's going on? How are you today? I'm good, man. Yeah, I think we we ended up getting like the prime podcasting night because it seems like every Tuesday there's a game. Every Tuesday there's a game, and today I really I texted you before the game started, and I was like, okay, man, if this turns out to be like a Hawks blowout, let's start recording in the fourth quarter. But these Oklahoma City Thunder would not go away. Uh, the Lakers win 112-107. I really thought like the Lakers were going to pull away at least like 10 times during this game. And they just could not do it. The Thunder kept sticking around, sticking around. And and it, it was it was really just like one guy. It was one guy for the Thunder, Dennis Schroeder. That was, that was doing the whole thing. Scored 31 points for him. Uh, Danilo Gallinari scored 25. But it was one of those games that the Lakers could not pull away. Yeah, I think a lot of these games, the Lakers have had a chance to kind of blow these teams out, but they've kind of played around with their food, and they kind of keep these teams in it by their turning the ball over or just kind of losing focus. Like, and I think I think a lot of good teams do that. Like, I remember the like the oh nine oh ten Lakers; they would a lot of times kind of just mess around and lose to teams they weren't supposed to, or just not be engaged every night. And I think if you have like this super talented roster, I think that kind of comes with it. But I th- I've been really impressed that they've been able to kind of hold on. And even when they kind of do lose focus, they're still able to kind of clean things up and end up with the win. And I think they did a really good job doing that tonight. They did do a really good job of doing that tonight. And obviously on a night where Anthony Davis scores 34 points and LeBron James has another triple-double, you would expect me to want to start there. But I'm going to start somewhere that I never thought I would start an episode with you, Alex. And that's with... Contavious Caldwell Pope, <laughs> and I didn't mention this before the the, 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 the recording because I just wanted to get your reaction. Contavious Caldwell Pope has started the last three games and has looked really good. And <laughs> I never yeah. thought I'd say that on Friday against the Kings he scored 16. On Sunday against the Hawks he scored 13. Tonight he scores 13, but his shooting has been really good: 60 percent, 75 percent, and 56 percent tonight. I. I'm not going to give Contavious Caldwell-Pope, KCP, an apology yet, but I will say that he's been playing really, really well. And I don't know if this is because the Lakers rallied behind him on Instagram, or at least Dwight Howard started. Um, But it's been a pleasant, pleasant surprise to see KCP step up in in place of the injured Avery Bradley. Yeah. So, yes, I just I'm reading this um, from Brett Dawson, who's a beat writer now for the Lakers, and he's he tweeted it out. And it says over his last three games, KCP has scored 42 points on 17 of 27 shooting and six of 11 from three. So, like you said, like he's really shooting the ball well, and that was something he was really struggling in that first like a few weeks, and he even kind of fell out of the rotation there for a while. So it's kind of, it's been really cool to see his teammates kind of pick him up and kind of support him on social media and. I think Dwight was a big, like a big voice in that, and I think he's responding well. I think when you struggle on a team where everyone else is doing well, I think the the spotlight kind of comes on you a little more, and you kind of feel it because 
the Laker Laker fans have a, a love, mostly love, not love hate, but mostly hate relationship with KCP. It yeah, feels I'm like. one and, of them. To be fair, like, yeah, I, and I, I think a lot of times it's warranted. Like he does a lot of things that are kind of head scratching and just like I don't know what he's doing out there. But I think we do have to give him credit when he does play well. Like I think we have to realize that he's trying out there, and I think he's he was going through something early on and. He's been key. Like since Avery Bradley went out, we needed someone to fill in that role, and he's been like as good as you could have hoped for. So yeah. uh, again, like uh, a good sign that a guy that is expected to be a like a valuable role player is starting to show up. Yeah, on a night where obviously they don't have Avery Bradley, and then Kyle Kuzma leaves the game after only playing nine minutes because he suffered a really nasty eye poke, and I just see that Harrison tweeted that uh, the Lakers are calling it a uh, right eye abrasion. And that he could have been brought back in, but Vogel chose to keep him out. So that's good news for the next game. So on a night where you don't have those two players, KCP stepped up. And that's really good to see because there's going to be those nights where we need other players to step up. Because tonight, yeah, like Davis and, and LeBron combined for over, you know, about 60 points. And that's great. But you can't count on that every night. So it's really nice to see. And it's been a... It's been a theme so far. I know me and you have talked about Kuzma and being the third guy, but it's been a theme of the Lakers season. It's like, okay, LeBron's getting his, Anthony's getting his. Who else is going to step up tonight? And it's really nice to see that it's KCP because the more guys that can do it, the better off long-term the Lakers are going to be. And I think we really need to start talking. I know we're only three weeks, whatever, five weeks, six weeks into the season, whatever it is, but we really need to start talking about the Lakers long-term because the way this team's playing – Best record in the NBA. Magic Johnson just tweeted too. Not only best best record, best most fun to watch. They really are fun to watch. We need to like get those pieces get getting ready for the long term this season. Do like like on that point, is there anything sticking out that uh, is that you feel like is in the way of them achieving that? Like, is there something yeah. you're still kind of worried about? Yeah. Is it the, the bench. is it the point you made the bench? Yeah, I was gonna say the bench. Uh, got outscored by thirty, or by yeah, by thirty again tonight. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely, definitely the bench. The I bench. think that the whole that whole third scorer thing, like you said, it, it they kind of do need that consistent guy, and I think Kuzma eventually will be that guy. I think he has been that guy since he's come back. But um, besides that, I feel like there's a lot of time. It's a, like really hard to find like, another player who can give them like 15 to 20 points because consistently like yeah. Avery Bradley was doing like a solid job with that but I, I definitely think they need to find a little more balance on a consistent basis because when we saw in that fourth quarter things get really sloppy when LeBron is struggling and no one else can really do anything if he's not going so uh, yeah that's something that I'm concerned about but like overall I'm really impressed with this team and I think they're definitely a contender like I think early on we both of us kind of said they were going to be in good shape and make the playoffs, but I didn't think winning a championship was realistic in, in year one, but, I mean, they look dominant so far. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's nitpicking right now because the Lakers do have the best record in the NBA, but it's also fair to say that the Lakers haven't, you know, we talked about this when we did the, the schedule release podcast. This is the time of the of the season that the Lakers need to take advantage of their schedule. They just they do have a five game win streak. Only one of them was against the Suns, who have a winning record. Everybody else is below five hundred. So these are games that they need to win, that they have to win to to get not only make the playoffs but have a higher seed. Because that's what I was talking to some friends about is with the Clippers is yeah like they're winning and they're and they're you know they're they look good but are these early season losses going to come back and bite the Clippers in the butt as far as seeding goes later on? 
And that's one thing that the Lakers are taking advantage of right now is that they're winning the games that they should be winning, which is a good sign. But yes, the bench to me, like when we want to watch the Hawks game, you know, the, they came out fast and they got to take a 25-6 lead. And then the bench comes in and all of a sudden it's a 10-point lead. And then tonight, every time that LeBron or AD wasn't really in, it just like the, the lead just disappears. And that's not a good sign. That's not something you want to see. There has to be someone from the bench or uh, that takes control of the game. And I know Rondo's back, and that's kind of what I wanted to, to transition to, is how do you think that Vogels handled the return of, of Rondo? Because tonight we saw Rondo, Cook, Caruso, KCP, and AD on the court today. Like That was a, a lineup I never thought I would see. And we saw that tonight. So what do you think about Rondo's return, and then what do you think about the way Vogel has treated that rotation at point guard, I guess, even though they're playing together. Yeah, I think we've kind of seen the good and bad with Rondo since his return. Like we saw the nine assists in the first half, and he ended with ten tonight. And we saw we we've, we've seen like the additional playmaking and how it helps LeBron, and it helps AD. I think him and AD have still have that chemistry back from New Orleans, and I think that shows in those those minutes they play together, and that definitely helps. I thought AD has looked looked great tonight and I think Rondo helps set him up for a lot of those points tonight and uh, that's definitely the good thing about Rondo he does give them an extra ball handler and he does give them a player who can let LeBron take a breather here and there but at the same time we do see those negatives still we see defenses play off him a lot we see the paint get clogged when he's out there and I- I've been really interested like in kind of impressed that Vogel's played Caruso with him mm-hmm. I think that's something you and I talked about like that Crusoe could play with him, but we weren't sure Vogel was going to do that. I'm not sure if I like the Rondo Crusoe Cook lineup. Yeah, like those three guard lineups. I've never really. Been I think a that big could have been a. Of. That could probably be a factor of just the injuries that they suffered today, probably. But that definitely plays a role. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure how much of a run they want to give Jared Dudley on a consistent basis. But or yeah, where's I'm, Troy Daniels? I don't know. I think. Uh, he played last game, yeah. so I'm not sure if he's fallen out of the rotation or he's still dealing with injuries. That's the thing with this team. It feels like one guy is always out of the rotation like for a few games, and then it comes back mm-hmm. and plays 10 minutes all of a sudden. So That's another thing I we think- talked about in the offseason. It's like for the first time in a long time, the Lakers do have up to more than 10 guys that could play. Yeah, and I think that's that goes back to like last week when we talked about Vogel and how impressed we've been about how he's handled these rotations. He's playing the guys who kind of deserve to be played. But in terms of Rondo, uh, he took the third most shots tonight. He I, took 10 shots. Yep. Um, yep. He played 27 <laughs> minutes, mm-hmm. which is a, a lot, like definitely on the higher side than I would like to see. Um yeah, I mean, I, I see the good and bad in Ronda, and we've kind of known this since last year. So, um, did you? But did you see Vogel's tweet from tonight about Rondo? Yes. Go ahead and read it. <laughs> okay, so it says uh, Ron, Rajon's statistics aren't measured on the stat sheet; it's measure, men, measured in swag. So, okay. what do you think about that quote? Well, I don't know how much swag Rondo brought to the game today. I don't know how I can. I mean. Obviously, he says that they're measured with swag. So Vogel must have a measuring system that's not been released to the public yet because I've never seen a swag measuring thing. That might be a European metric system. Maybe we're not caught up to it yet. But uh, uh, I will say that I don't like Rondo taking 10 shots and going 3 of 10. I do like Rondo getting 10 assists. 
and I, and I, and I was watching this game and I wrote it down just because I wanted to say it's like I don't mind when Rondo has the ball. I mind when Rondo's taking all these shots, even if they go in. There's other guys that that should be shooting the ball more than than Rajon Rondo. Yeah, and I think a lot of those shots were a product of just how the defense played him. Like a lot of time, he just found himself open, like just by dribbling, because defenses were kind of just mm-hmm. daring him to shoot these kind of mid-range free throw jumpers, and he wasn't making them tonight. But I think he was almost forced to take them just because of how defenses played him. That's always that's going to be an issue with him. If he's out there, defenses are going to dare him to shoot. They don't want to leave AD. They're not going to leave Anthony uh, or LeBron James or any shooters out there. They want Rondo to be the one who shoots the ball, and I think tonight. OKC forced them to do that, and I mean he was three for ten. Uh, it's not great, but thankfully everyone else around him kind of picked up the slack. But again, I think twenty-seven minutes just way too many minutes for for Rondo. Way too many minutes, and I get like that. Frank Vogel is he he to me he does go with the flow of the game. Like I have noticed that. Like I, I and I know there, that he was getting a lot of credit for being an analytical guy, and that he took a year off and he studied the analytics of the game. But when I watch it, it's like, no, he's going with the flow of the game. You know, like he's mm-hmm. kind of KCP, – KCP played 33 minutes tonight because he played very well. Even though he's been starting, KCP hasn't been playing 33 minutes. That's the most minutes he's got as a starter by 12 minutes. So uh, Vogel is kind of going with his gut as far as rotations. I've noticed that. And I think you can see that by who he's playing together. I mean, analytics will never tell you to play – will never tell you to play Cook – Caruso and Rondo together. That's a fact. So um, it's just interesting to see that the way Vogel is kind of coaching this team. Obviously, it's working. Uh, you know, best record in the NBA. I can't stress that enough. The Lakers have the best record in the NBA. And I know it's only November, but it's almost Thanksgiving, you know? So yeah. um, it's, we're going here. We're going. And uh, it, it's good to see. Let me ask you this question Is it possible to have a bad game? Even though you recorded a triple double, um, yeah, no, it definitely is. I think Rondo has had plenty of bad okay. games where he's had triple doubles in his career. As so, I want to yeah. say today, LeBron James had a bad game, and he mm-hmm. got a triple double: twenty-five points, eleven rebounds, ten assists. But he had seven turnovers. Yeah. He missed some uh, key free throws at the end of the game, um, where it made it a lot closer than it needed to be. Uh, and and that's a, that's that's a good thing, I guess. LeBron got a triple double, but if, if you watch the game, you know it wasn't a good game, and the Lakers still win. Um, so that's yeah. I think today, of every week that we've done a show on Tuesday, I think today has been the the time where I'm like, this was a team win. This is like the first time that I think it was a team win because there was guys that a lot of guys were making errors like LeBron, but a lot of guys were stepping up. And how many like I. I like just it's really hard to look at this box score and get the read of the actual game so to me my biggest takeaway was like this was a team win LeBron had a triple double and had a bad game so that's a good sign for me I just want to like emphasize like a bad game for LeBron is not a bad game for like an average NBA player like he put up a crazy crazy line and I thought he looked really explosive tonight like I thought he pushed the ball really well but like you said this was kind of like one of the first games of the season where LeBron turned the ball over. He's been, he, I think he's had his lowest uh, turnover rate in like a few years this season. Mm-hmm. So tonight was kind of out of the ordinary for him with those seven turnovers. And a lot of, I saw a lot of it was just him dribbling into like crowds. Like he would dribble into like two or three players. It wasn't totally like bad passes. So I'm not sure if he was forcing the issue because other guys weren't scoring or what. Like because Kuzma was hurt and he thought maybe he had to pick up 
more of the like the offensive load or something but i mean again like he's been impressive like really great all season so far and like you said today was a game where he turned the ball over way too much missed free throws um i thought anthony davis was enormous this game how, how do you how did you like anthony davis's game tonight oh it was it was great he went three of five from three that was what stood out to me the most he did take 24 shots that's a lot of shots um, a lot of jumpers today a lot of jumpers today which is kind of rare for him he's been doing a lot of pick and rolls and and you wrote i was about to bring this up too you wrote on monday on silverscreenroll.com or yesterday about the dunks that the lakers have had this season and that's what was surprising tonight about anthony davis a lot of jump shots from him but Anthony Davis is so good, man. Like, it's so fun to have him be a Laker and watch him every night. It's, it is it is a pleasure, you know? Like, obviously, we're spoiled watching LeBron James, but after a year, I feel like you kind of get used to it. Mm-hmm. And then now seeing what Anthony Davis does with blocking, with rebounding, with three-point shooting, dunking. Dunk, like, he is probably, you know, one of the best defensive players this year so far. Everything he is, all around, he's... MVP candidate right now. Yeah, I think he's got a really good case for defensive player of the year. Also, like I think he's been like hit four steals and two blocks tonight, and he's just like his instincts on the defensive end are just amazing. Like he knows when to to read passes. You know, knows when to come over and help block a shot or just contest at the rim. Like his instincts. Like obviously he has like the physical gifts to do these things, but I think like intellectually and his and his instincts on that end are just. It pops off the screen like you you see like him just come over like on the weak side and come like break up a play just with his length and his like instincts and his effort level and it's it's really refreshing to see. But I actually really liked how they used him tonight offensively. I thought they used him way more in the pick and roll and pick and pops. Like you said, he did shoot a lot of jumpers tonight, but I think they came more within the offense than they have been. They weren't kind of like post up jumpers like not a ton of them. Like he still had those, but. I thought they got him more in motion, like they said they were going to, and I thought it kind of showed tonight. I think, and they got rewarded for it because I thought he was really efficient and one of his better like offensive games this year. How? What have you thought about the Lakers' three-point shooting so far? Because I know you talked about that in your column on Silver Screen and Roll uh-huh. too. Uh, tonight, forty-five percent. Are you seeing improvement? Because they did start pretty terrible this this season. Are you seeing improvement? Like Kuzma's knocking down open shots, which is nice. KCP mm-hmm. knocked down a, a bunch of threes. The last couple games, that's just good. Um, are you seeing improvement from the Lakers three point, uh, three point wise? Yeah, I think it's team wide. Like like you said, forty five percent tonight. I think they were like twenty eighth in the league like a week or two ago, and like last time I checked, they were like twenty first. So they're they're definitely improving, and I think that was expected with the the level of shooters they have on their team. Like Danny Green's really been the only consistent guy every night in terms of that, and uh, lately. Like Kuzma, after that really rough stretch, has been shooting like almost forty-five percent from three, which kind of sucks with this whole eye injury because he's been shooting really well. You don't want him to kind of miss any time and kind of lose that that momentum he started to get. But like even Caruso is starting to make his threes, and he was struggling early on. Um, like ironically, it's guys like Quinn Cook and Troy Daniels who were the ones who everybody kind of pegged at these as these like knockdown guys, and they're still kind of struggling. So you would expect like even those two to kind of see some positive regression. Like I, I, you were going to see these guys like this team shoot like 30% all season. Like they're going to be at least an average shooting team and I think you, if you couple that with their like really dominant interior play like we mentioned the dunks like they dunk so much. Like just that constant pressure at the rim 
and an average three-point shooting team, like that should be enough with this defense. You brought it up a couple of minutes ago, the word effort. And that's something that I'm seeing on the defensive end, which is really good to see. Championship teams play some defense. Obviously, the Warriors weren't known for their defense, but the Raptors last year with Kawhi and Pascal Siakam, you know, defense was a big thing for them. The Lakers are really emphasizing that. And then when I'm reading the, the post-game transcript, Anthony Davis, he gets interviewed, and they're like, what do you think about the defense tonight? He said the defense needs to be corrected, but everything's correctable. So it's really good to see. Like, they're, they're not yeah. happy. Like, I mean, they're not satisfied. How about that? They may, I'm sure they're happy about it, but they're not satisfied. They can still improve. And, and yeah, the Lakers are in first place, and everything's great right now. But let's not forget, it's only 14 games. We've got a lot of basketball to go. I really only think the Lakers can get better. They're still getting to learn to play with each other. Injuries are, are causing them to miss games here and there. Obviously, Kuzma tonight, nine minutes only. Defensively is what's going to get this Lakers a top seed, top four seed, whatever it's going to be with their defense. And they're showing it that they can do it. And it's being led by Anthony Davis. It's really impressive. Yeah, I think coming into the season, we wouldn't have expected the defense to be the thing that's kind of carried them like this far. I think we would have guessed that offense would be just really explosive and they would outscore teams every night. But it's been the opposite. I thought I think the defense has been the biggest surprise so far. And I think if you were to ask anyone on that team or Frank Vogel, I think they would happily take the defense being ahead of their offense at this stage of the season. Like I think the offense is gonna come. Like we said, the shooting's gonna come. Like we're we're already seeing like their their three point shooting starting to improve. I think they'll use Anthony Davis in a better way, hopefully. Like I don't you definitely want him to touch the ball in the post, and you can do a lot of things with that. But I think you'd want that balance, too, and I think that's something they're going to improve in as the season goes on. But, yeah, that effort level, like you mentioned, overall, it's just been it's been there since game one. Mm-hmm. Like, they care. Like, it, they, they look like they care. And that's something that this team hasn't looked like in years. Like, with the young guys, and uh, every year there's a different roster and different coaching staffs. But this year, since, like, the first game in training camp, like you could tell they care out there and then and they want to win like want to win it this year. Is there anything else from tonight's game that stood out to you that we haven't talked about? Obviously we mentioned the win streak. We mentioned Catavis Caldwell Pope, Rajon Rondo in the rotation at the point guard position, LeBron James in his terrible great game, Anthony Davis being a superstar that he is. Is there anything that tonight that stood out besides what we've talked about so far? Uh, one thing, it's not really like a good or bad thing. It's just kind of something I've, I've noticed that's kind of continuing. Like Danny Green only played 20 minutes tonight Mm -hmm. and he kind of came in very late in the end of that fourth quarter. And I thought, I I always think when him and AD and LeBron are out there together, that the team is at its best. I think they just work so well with each other defensively and offensively, but I'm, I'm not sure if it's a rest thing and Vogel wants to kind of give him as much rest as possible, but at the same time, 20 minutes for Danny Green seems really low. Mm-hmm. And it's not the first time that's happened this year. It's a few times. And I think if you give a guy like Quinn Cook 15 and a guy like Ronzo 27, like there, there's something he, I, I guess, Vogel seeing out there that we aren't or something. But I'm just, are you seeing anything with Danny Green? Like why he's I not he's, playing yeah, more? I notice he's not out there. The same thing as you. I notice he's not out there as much. Um, I don't know why. I think it might go back to the whole Vogel kind of coaching with the, or rotating guys with his gut kind of thing because mm-hmm. what are there isn't stats that's going to tell you that that rondo should play 27 and green should only play 20 you know they think those stats yeah i don't think there's any analytics that can justify that um 
I know they don't play the same position, but it's it's really interesting because tonight he was two of three, you know, and he's only taking three shots. And they brought in they brought him in to be your three point guy. I don't think they brought I don't think they brought KCP back to be that guy. So it's it's really interesting to see that. Um, and I don't know. I I I would assume maybe resting him, but don't you want to? Wouldn't you rather rest LeBron and, and AD? Yeah. Well, I'm noticing he did have four fouls tonight, so maybe I missed yeah. that he picked up a few fouls early, which he does. Like that's also a thing with Green. He, he does, does pick of, up a lot of cheap fouls, and yeah. I noticed that also. Is that because you think he's guarding like a lot of the swingmen early on, and he's just kind of sticking his yeah. arm in there? I think that's a really good point. I think he is. He's a lot of times he is matched up with against like the tougher, tougher wings out there, and. But at the same, he does pick up a lot of cheap fouls. He does puts he puts his hands way too close to the ball, and able, and those swing guys, like you said, they do kind of swing through, and they kind of draw that contact on him. And I think maybe that was a big reason why they did go to that three guard lineup a lot because he was in foul trouble, and that's something he does need to kind of monitor and kind of address because he's again only twenty minutes, and that might have been due that foul problems and. Maybe Vogel, it kind of forced Vogel's hand, but I just, in general, I want to see more Danny Green because I think when he's out there, the, the team is really at its best. Um, I do want to mention that tonight was Chick Hearn night at Staples Center. Obviously, me and you weren't there today, but on Spectrum, they put up a graphic. And every time I see this graphic, because it's not the first time I've seen it, it, it blows my mind how Chick Hearn invented terms that are just like the. They're just part of our English language now. Yeah. Alley-oop, slam dunk. Yeah, that's crazy. Airball. It's just crazy to me. Like, Chick Hearn, the Lakers, probably one of the best play-by-play men of all time, invented those words, and you just think they were part of the basketball vocabulary from day one. But no, it's it's Chick Hearn invented those 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 terms, and there was more. But those three stood out to me, That and I just wanted to give, you know, uh, a shout out to Chick Hearn, I guess. I don't know. That was awesome. every time I see that, I'm like, God, he invented those three things, and they're so common. They're not nicknames. That's just what they are now. Yeah, it's part of like the lexicon with basketball, and it's crazy that one guy really created these words like we use every single day in every single game to talk about the game. Like I, it's I wrote a whole article about slam dunks on Monday, mm-hmm. and. I mean, if it was for him, I don't know what we would call them. Like, it's it's really insane and just speaks volumes to how, like, revolutionary he was as an announcer and as someone who kind of loved the game and everything he brought to the game and what he provided and contributed. Like, it's crazy that, like you said, I'm looking at the list right now and all these words that he, these terms that he made up and kind of introduced to the NBA world. And, yeah, it just speaks volumes to how, how amazing he was. Yeah, it really was. And... And I don't know like about you, but I know I grew up watching Chick Hearn on KCAL 9 and, and watching every Laker game I could. So to me, like Chick Hearn made me love basketball because the mm-hmm. way he called games. Obviously, it's easy to love basketball when you watch the Showtime Lakers and then the Kobe Shaq Lakers. and That's how I grew up. But uh, Chick Hearn, it was just like the cherry on top. You know, that you got to get – you got to hear such great broadcasting. And honestly now, man – I I have paid a lot of attention to the way that Bill McDonald like calls games and Sue Lance. Yeah, yeah, Bill, yeah. Bill's really good too. He he makes maybe he's not the best play by play guy, but he makes every game feel bigger than it is. You know, tonight was a Tuesday night game 
against a crappy Oklahoma City Thunder team. Not a lot of, you know, hype surrounding this game. And he calls it like a NBA Finals. So I, I really do love Bill McDonald the way he calls games. I think, like, it just speaks to, like, I think announcers overall, like, in any sport, like, like in anything, like, even professional wrestling to NFL to baseball, like, it really, like, it's something that we kind of take for granted. And, like, I know a lot of time we're watching the game and it's almost background noise. It's kind of just bleeding through. But really, it does add something to the game when you have an announcer who can kind of fill in the gaps and kind of paint a picture. And I think Chick Hearn was, like, one of the best, if not the best ever to do that. And, like, even for the Dodgers, like, Joe Davis is amazing at that. And I think Los Angeles in general has been really fortunate to have a lot of great announcers come through. Um, I think I think you're on the minority, though, with Bill McDonald. I, have, I feel like a lot of Laker fans have kind of wished that they kind of not go young, but they bring in a fresh voice. But I think, I think he does get a lot of unfair criticism for a lot of time. But I think... Like, the Lakers aren't going to change what's worked for them. Like, Stu Lance has been an institution for them, and Bill McDonald's been there for a while, so I don't think they're going to do anything drastic. But I think, just in general, I think we take for granted how important announcers are to, like, the overall product that we're watching. Yeah, I mean, I like Bill. Maybe it's because I know Bill, but I do like Bill. And and if I'm in the minority, oh, well, it's your preference, right? Um, But, yeah, this chick hurt, I'm looking at the graphic. Slam dunk, air ball, dribble drive. Ticky-tack foul, charity stripe. That's crazy. That's so crazy. That's crazy. But um, can I be petty for one second before we start talking about what's coming up? Of course. (laughs) Uh, It is such a good – like it makes me feel good to watch Chris Paul on a crappy basketball team. It makes me feel like happy inside that Chris Paul scored four points tonight and and he's on a Thunder team that's five and nine. I don't know. It's the pettiness in me. That and it's not his fault, I guess, that he was traded uh-huh. to the Lakers and then not and then, but he was such a prick when he was with the Clippers and when he was with the Rockets and it's just nice to see Chris Paul struggle. It's weird to see him in that jersey, though, right? Oh yeah, super weird. Like it, yeah, um, it's almost but, like he was playing tonight. He was like, yeah, I'm here. What well, I know, we're gonna lose. Yeah, it That's did kind feel of the, like that. Yeah, dude, one assist for Chris Paul. Come on. No, oh, no, sorry, wrong one. Ten assists for Chris Paul. I was like, wait, that's wrong. I was like, that's wrong. Okay. No, but four points, one of seven shooting. He's just like, yeah, that's the vibe I get from him now. That's the kind of the vibe I get from a lot of the Thunder players. They did, they have some names on their team still. Gallinari, Adams, Chris Paul. Like, they're still there. Nerlens Noel, they're still there. But, you know, whatever. I, I mean, I'll be surprised to see if they're still there come the deadline. Like, yeah, I think yeah. they're one of the teams like. Especially like, not- Steven Adams, man. I was gonna say Steven Adams, but even a guy like Dennis Schroeder is an interesting possible like target for the Lakers. I mean, I know they don't have anything to really trade, but I think he's an expiring deal, and I they need an additional guard who can score and create offense. I think he's a name that's kind of been circled before with them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think a lot of teams would be calling in on Adams. Uh, Gal- I'm not sure how many years Gallinari has left, or but. Uh, I mean, they're at this point. They're at a really weird point. Like, it's Chris Paul, Adams, and a bunch of young guys, and Gallinari. So I don't know what you what you plan to do with that, and a yeah. whole crap ton of draft picks. I don't even like you said. I don't even know what the Lakers could possibly offer right now. They really can't. It's yeah. yeah that's something. I, that's something for another episode. But yeah, I'm not sure yeah. how they how what their trade deadline approaches this year because I don't think they really have anything 
no really money matching salaries except like maybe we, maybe we can maybe we can talk about that next week because we don't have a game to react to next week for the first oh, that's time gonna be, that's gonna be weird it's gonna be weird actually uh, yeah. taco tuesday with no taco game um <laughs> so uh before we do the schedule thing again tanya gun how do you say your last name i'm sorry uh, ganguly ganguly so this is lebron james's last team in the nba that he hasn't recorded a triple double against yeah, this was now he has a triple double against every single team in the NBA. That's insane, LeBron. Yeah, congrats, LeBron. That's awesome, <laughs> dude. Triple double against every single team in the NBA. Because I guess he, LeBron didn't know either. He thought Vogel was being sarcastic, and when he congratulated him on it. So, another tidbit from tonight. All right, Alex. Um, Alex Regla at Alex M Regla on Twitter. You can catch him every Monday on SilverScreenAndRoll.com. That's where he writes. This week he wrote about the dunks and how the Lakers are going to obliterate every single slam dunk record ever, right? Something like that. And, and that was <laughs> thanks to you, like our conversation. That's where the idea – we talked about that. Yeah. And we even mentioned that would be a cool article idea. And it's kind of been like on the back burner because of other things that have come up. But I've been wanting to write that and it came out really good. I, I liked how it came out. Yeah, me out. too. I read the whole thing this, uh, earlier today and it was really good. It's a lot – you got some crazy information. I don't even know how like you start researching things like that, like – there's so many website, other websites that you referenced, and I'm just like, oh, man. We put a lot of, <laughs> it's like a really good one this week, so I'm glad I could help a little bit on just giving you an idea. You did, yeah. The, it was our conversation that started it, so that you have a big part in that also. So the Lakers' next nine games, seven of them are on the road, and I think even more than that if you keep counting forward. I think it's like, uh, like 14 of the next 17 oh. on the road. Uh, they just finished a four-game homestand. Now they will go four on the road. We're going to go at Oklahoma City Thunder on Friday. Very weird scheduling quirk there. Mm-hmm. Uh, at Memphis and at San Antonio. They've already played Memphis and San Antonio uh, this year. And I believe beat both of them. Yep, beat both of them. Uh, also both on the road. So um, interesting. Anyways, we do this every week and we'll continue to do it again. They will play three games before we come back on. What do you think they're going to We We both said they were going to win all the ones that they did last week, and they did because yeah. the schedule was easy. Um, maybe a little harder than they thought tonight and against the Kings on Friday, but still. These next three games, what do you think? Road games are tricky. Like mm-hmm. uh, At home against these teams, I, it's easier to predict. Um, especially this seems like, like I'm looking at the schedule now. It's a, like a four-game road trip it looks like here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like we'll be on. You know what we're going to do we're, next week? Uh-huh. We're gonna preview. It's it's playing the baby Lakers, even though like that's Lon- right. Yeah. Lonzo, Lonzo's kind of hurt, and Ingram's just came back he, tonight. He just came back, so that yeah. should be good. Yeah. and then it'll be AD's first game back in New Orleans. That's a huge. It's gonna be so huge. It's an ESPN game. Yeah, we'll preview. Yeah, we definitely yeah. gotta talk about that. Um, in terms of these next three games, I'm gonna say they're gonna. I feel like they're due for a loss. Like I hate to say it, but I feel like it, it's really hard to sustain this level of winning. Especially if guys are going to be beat up. I'm not sure how long, if Kuzma's going to miss any time or not. Um, I'm going to say they go 2-1. and one. I think that last game against San Antonio is going to be tough. Um, at the same time, like I could see a team like Memphis like upsetting them or something. I was looking I'll at say, the Friday game. I think like the way the Thunder played the Clippers and played the Lakers. Yeah, it's true. The, the Friday game could be tricky, too. I know they're 5-9, and nine, but... I mean, they, they, they put up good fights here in Los Angeles. Why not put up an equal fight they, in OKC? Yeah. They got four really good players. 
Yeah. So and and veterans and really experienced guys like that with those young guys. So yeah, I mean, I, I th- I'll say two and one. I'm not sure where that loss comes from, yeah. but I think uh, two and one. I really want to say one and two. I don't know why. Oh. I know, and it's it's. I, I I don't know. I just think the Thunder and the Spurs games are kind of after tonight and after what I saw the Thunder do last night. I think they're a little trickier than we thought, just because their record. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they'll beat Memphis and then the L to San Antonio. I just. Going to San Antonio and beating Greg Popovich, like, I don't know, twice, I I just don't see that happening. But this is a different team. I got to adjust my mindset, Alex, because (laughs) I'm in the – we haven't made the playoffs in seven, eight years. We suck every year. Now I got to switch my mindset. Like, wait, these guys are really good. Best record in the NBA. So I'm going to say one and two, but hopefully I'm wrong. It's weird. Like like you said, it is a mindset change that we're so used to bad seasons and kind of looking at these teams like – I'm not sure where they're going to get a win on this, like in this month. But now we're like, I don't see where they're going to get lost. Like mm-hmm. it's just a total 180 compared to recent seasons, and it's going to take some time to get used to. It. Like I'm not, it still hasn't really hit me that they're this good, that they're the first place in the entire league. They have the best defense. They have LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like it's, it's going to take some time to get used to. Hey man, once we got, once we get into December, we talked about this also in our off-season schedule podcast. It gets it gets serious, man. You go Dallas, Denver, Utah, Portland, Miami, the, the Bucks, Denver again, the Clippers, the Blazers, the Dallas. Like it, it gets rough. So you got to take advantage of these teams that don't have the winning records and are your, like I said earlier, the teams that you got to beat. You got to take advantage because once the schedule, once we flip the calendar, it gets real. Yeah, and I was gonna say a lot of the games that they have won so far, and the games we, we thought maybe coming into the season were gonna be tough, like against the Warriors. Like it's not the teams that we thought they were gonna be. Like yeah. the Warriors aren't the same Warriors. The Kings aren't the Kings that we thought they were. Um, like even Miami is way better than like than their record is. So uh, I think they haven't really played the elite teams yet, and it's gonna be really interesting to see how they match up against like a Denver, or like even like a Portland, who's not the greatest team. But like they still have Lillard and McCollum, like against these kind of elite guys and, and teams. Like we haven't really seen how they match up. Only against the Clippers and they lost, and against even Toronto, who's got not the greatest team, but still have really good guys and they lost. So it's gonna be. I want to see how they look against kind of more of the the marquee teams out there. All right, Alex. Um, oh, also before to go along with that though. They haven't played the toughest teams, but they are doing what they're supposed to, and they're doing it big. They have the biggest win differential in the whole mm-hmm. NBA, uh, 9.8 points per game. So that's good. They're taking care of business, and they're kind of blowing teams out in the process. Maybe not blowing teams out, but beating them big, so that's good. Um, one final question for you before I let you go tonight. Is CM Punk going to be back in the WWE? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think he is. I, I, so he is back. He's but he has a deal with Fox as like an announcer for yeah. their backstage show. But uh, I was watching his little highlight, and yeah, he seemed very coy. And it sounds like he's gonna at some point. I think they're just gonna pay him a ton of money, and he's gonna come for like a WrestleMania or something. So I, yeah, I would, I definitely expect him at least one more match with him. All right, let's see what happens. Alex at Alex M Regular Classroom every Monday, SilverScreenRoll.com. He's a perfect four zero when he live tweets games this let's year. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, this is Talk O Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla eighty six. If you want to follow uh, Alex, we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks, man.